0: Here goes into 953 WCHE, the Connor and Mark Show. Uh, I am Connor Gabe. We're waiting on Mark Rogers once again to uh, come here in studio. He's running a little late, but I want to uh, welcome everybody in on Saturday morning. Uh, I hope everybody is enjoying their weekend. It's uh, it's starting on a hot Saturday, but tomorrow we're going to see this fall finally kick in. And with falls, it's going to be a lot of college football, a lot of NFL football with NFL and NBA kicking in. Mark just rolled in. Uh, what's going on, man? How are you doing this morning?
1: Not too much, man. Just. Uh... Rolling in here, and uh, like you said, college football here, NFL, uh, diving into a little Flyers and uh little Ben Simmons talk, so a lot on the uh, slate today. Yeah, decided th- to dive in. There's a lot, and we're going to
0: have uh, Mike Quinn on. Uh, he is a good friend of ours. He's just joined the station. He has a new show on WCAG on Mondays from 3 to 4 called Pitch and Talk. Covers the Philadelphia Flyers. You're going to hear a lot from him throughout the year as the Flyers began their 2021 campaign last night with a uh, shootout loss. Uh, but he'll be on at 9.30. He also writes for Flyers Nation, so I'd love to get the insight on uh, how this Flyers team looks and uh, and what can we expect this year. But, uh, you know, the Eagles played Thursday. The game is already out of the way, and we have a chance uh, really for the first time this year, Mark, for this Saturday show, really, not to talk about a game coming up, but to talk about how the game went this week. And, um, you know, before we get into the game, I do want to talk about this news that uh, transpired yesterday after the game. is Zach Ertz uh, won the greatest... Eagles players of all time, the greatest tight end in Eagles history, was traded to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for a six round pick and a cornerback named Tay-, Tay Godwin, I believe. He's a, a younger guy, a fifth or a fifth round pick. Uh from for Zach Ertz. So uh he was I believe he was eleven receptions off the, the uh the I think the lead in the organization for career receptions. So but what a career by Zach Ertz and um obviously we heard the report uh, on Thursday night, from Jay Glazer, that it looked like the Eagles were going to move away from one of their tight ends. It ended up being Zach Ertz. So, Mark, I'll uh, throw it to you. Um, what do you think about the news of Zach Ertz, and and really just throw, uh, in in totality of Zach Ertz's career as a Philadelphia Eagle?
1: Yeah, I mean, first, you know, the trade and and what transpired yesterday. I mean, we saw this coming, and uh, you know, it was a firm belief in in Philadelphia that he was going to be gone before the season even started. Um, and, and obviously, uh, that didn't pan out. He started here and, and, you know, for the time he was here this season, uh, obviously the touchdown catch on Thursday, um, and, and a few plays and, and a few, um, you know, plug plays, if you will, um, throughout the season and, and just being a good, um, you know, second option to Dallas Goddard, but, you know, in regards to his career, like you said, one of the greatest tight ends, maybe the greatest tight end ever to come through Philadelphia, um, you know, the the only tight end, obviously, in, in Philadelphia history to catch a Super Bowl winning pass. Um, that obviously led the the Eagles to their first and, and only Super Bowl. So, you know, all of those things are definitely going to earn him a spot. And, and I know John Runyon and Trey Thomas went into the Eagles Hall of Fame the other night. Um, at some point, obviously, Zach Ertz is going to be there for you know his production as an Eagle. Uh, in regards to the trade, um, you know, I think they got back the value they should have. Uh, I think that's the best they're going to get back—a fifth-round pick. I know we were talking about that on Thursday night, um, and and a you know cornerback that we don't really know too much about could you know turn out well for us. Um, but again, just a you know just a great great Philly legend, um, you know here for his entire career, and now he's going to go get an opportunity to play on a, a pretty you know high-powered team. Oh, in The he, Cardinals. He's very
0: happy about um, where he went. Yeah,
1: I'm sure, and, and I'm happy for him, man. He definitely deserves it. Uh, he's given a ton of this city and, and uh I hope you know the Cardinals can now continue their success and, and go deep um, you know and, and give him an opportunity to you know pursue another championship. But yeah. all in all I like it. Uh, and, and real quick before I pass it over to you, I mean the Goddard thing, they probably just weren't getting what they were looking for um, and, and Ertz is probably their first option. So I'm happy they held on to him. I'm sure they'll negotiate something um, because I think Goddard is, is a you know a pretty good tight end and I would like to see him stay here in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, it's the perfect situation for Zach you know they they the Arizona Cardinals were desperate for a tight end and they could have used somebody on on that already, that high powered offense and it was the Arizona's 5 and so they're going to have a, a a they're most likely going to make the playoffs unless barring a, a total collapse and uh yeah and 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 going to have a real shot to make a run here and try to get another super bowl ring as it pertains to Z- uh, the Dallas Goddard, I know that his name was thrown around in trade rumors uh during the week uh I, yeah like we said he he's also on a one year deal he has not signed his extension yet and uh I don't know if Howie... In the front office is fully bought into him yet. He's a good player. He's not, he's not a great player, uh, and they're gonna have to pay him uh, you know almost top dollar for you know a tight end price. So, it, you know if he st- if he's on the field and stays healthy, he's a good player. But I just don't think he gets involved enough in the offense to throw away not throw away but throw big money at him to be you know top end tight end. So I agree. Yeah, so, when you say top top end tight end, he I don't you think of Travis like Kelsey. Think, I mean Travis Kelsey one of the best tight ends ever. But you think of those guys as like Mark Andrews. You know mm-hmm. better. You know those guys who play a big role in their offense and. Uh, you know, you like that give him the ball more. I think, because he, I think he does. He's capable of, of, of you know, having big games. But uh, I think at this point right now, it just seems like there's a certain guys on his offense, Mark, that uh, you know, th- th- the front office and the coaching staff just doesn't like. And that's how we're gonna transition into Thursday's game. As the Eagles did lose to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, twenty eight twenty two. Once again, the os- the offense was in uh, major dysfunction. Uh, the defense in the first half did not play well, but they uh, in the second half got some stops and at least gave the Eagles a slimmer of hope to try and, you know, find themselves back in that game. But uh, once again, Miles Sanders in the first half and one carry. Um, and and it does really seem like there's no flow to the offense, no, no uh, I don't know what it, what it was, no organization, no plan. Uh, I don't know what Nick Sirianni was doing throughout the week, but uh, it just seems like this offense just does not have an identity. And, and really it comes down to let's just give – Hurts the ball, and he'll do an RPO or a play action and try to run around or something like that. And, and Jalen Hurts is not good enough to do that. I think we've seen it throughout the season that he's, he, it's just a little too overwhelming for him, and, and rightfully so. He's basically a rookie quarterback. So I, I don't know. You know, listen, I, I don't think Jalen Hurts right now, I would say he's capable of being a franchise quarterback, but the coaching staff is definitely not putting him in, in a good situation for him to, to succeed, and that, I think, is the the biggest uh, problem with this team uh, you know so far it's not just the quarterback play it's it's the coaching staff and not putting the players in the best situation have success
1: yeah I mean I, I I think you said it perfectly I mean that's really what it is I don't want to call Jalen Hurts not good enough yet I mean we're only through five games he you know got tossed into a a real world War win situation you know type last year with all the drama with Carson Wentz uh, and then starting you know four games there five games at the end of the year so Again, uh, not a lot of evidence of of this guy, you know, moving forward. Just in terms of, you know, are we ready to make a decision? Are the Eagles ready to move off him? Um, and and when I say move off him, you know, obviously the the Eagles own right now two first round picks, potentially three. Um, so that's the yeah. big talk. But I I mean, I think it's fair right now, Connor, and and just a new wave of of quarterbacks coming in and. And really just the way Jalen Hurts has played his entire life. I mean you go back to Alabama, he was never a pass heavy quarterback at Alabama. He was always using his legs, always making plays um, you know, with his legs rather than his arm. And that's just who he is. That's his identity. And and you saw that exact same way. I'm not calling him the same exact player. I'm not calling him or I'm not saying he has the same exact potential, but we saw that with Lamar Jackson. He really struggled his, his you know freshman season. He really struggled, you know, throwing the ball his first two seasons, in my opinion. And really, right now, this season, he's really come onto the scene as an accurate passer. So, with all of that saying, you know, with what Hurts has shown me so far, with the situations he's been put in and the play calling of how disaster it's been, I, I may sound crazy, but I really don't think he's done that bad of a job. I think... Yeah, and I I think with with all the, the situations, the last few weeks have
0: been bad, but they've been they've you know, been bad.
1: But again, It's not all. It's not again. Like I'm like yeah, it's not all on him. I mean, if they run the ball five times in the first half uh, versus one, I mean that's a difference. That takes a slim bit of pressure. Think so. about this way:
0: because you brought up Lamar Jackson,
1: the Ravens. Uh, I think it, the record was broken last game when they played the Colts, but they ran for
0: a hundred at least hundred yards. You know, for what, 46 games in a yeah. row, right? Like, it was something like that. Like, Lamar Jackson, I think at this point, is it, I mean, it's not even arguable that he's a lot more talented than Jalen Hurts at this point of in his career. Of but they still run the football for him so he can set up and be successful. And, and they're not doing that for Jalen Hurts. And, and I don't know if this goes back to, I know Jeff McLean uh, wrote a story, uh, it must have been like a year ago, that, you know, when they went up to Green Bay in 2018, was it? That they went into Green Bay and, and they ran the football a lot with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, as a rookie at the time ran it a lot, and ended up going to Green Bay winning that game uh, when the the offense looked really dysfunctional the previous weeks. And, and I believe Jeffrey Lurie was still upset that they ran the football that much. So I don't know if this is a problem that stems from the Howie Roseman front office or Jeffrey Lurie at the ownership, uh, that they want to be this pass-heavy team. And, and I understand passing the football is a way to win in this league, but you don't have a quarterback that's capable of doing that. I agree. So, so when you see him struggle like this, you can't be shocked.
1: No. I mean, I don't like seeing my quarterback
0: pass for 115 yards. No. So it's, it's, but, it's not good.
1: But again, it's, it's the situations. And again, he needs to do more. Don't get me wrong. He needs to be more accurate. I agree with all of that. But when you're running the football one time with your rookie quarterback in the first half against a Super Bowl defending champions, that's an issue. And and we saw it. Miles Sanders got opportunities in the second half. And as he started breaking for bigger plays, the offense seemed to pick up more momentum. And obviously they made it pretty close to 28-22. So... All in all, I'm not saying running the football is going to turn this team into a Super Bowl champion team or a Super Bowl contender, but it's going to make them competitive. And, and going down the stretch here again, we talked about it on Thursday, they played the meat of their schedule. So they have the feelers. They know what works for them. They know what doesn't. It's really about moving forward, starting to implement a little running into the game plan. And I think this team will will you know have a chance. And I know this may sound crazy, but... At winning the NFC East if, if they can start winning some games here. So, yeah. again, uh, Dallas is rolling right now, but the Eagles really have their, their ingredients to, to be successful, and that's really just mixing in a little run and, and going from there. So, uh, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't start running the ball earlier, um, and the last thing I'm going to leave off here with is the time of the possess- time of possession killed them. 39 minutes, 56 seconds for the Bucks, 20 minutes were seconds for the Eagles. And so that stems not- from- that's sent from running game. Exactly, almost 19 minutes difference in in um, you know time possession. So think of someone like a Fournette, you know, yeah. to have for Jalen Hurts, someone like, that like that big and that powerful and just dominating the
0: run game. It 22 carries. So, yeah, it takes so much off the quarterback, and that's Tom Brady. That's yeah. the greatest quarterback to ever live, and he's getting a running game. Mm-hmm. So it, I I understand the the old ad, attitude of the I formation let run it is kind of dinosaur thinking, but. Uh, you know, you have, to, you have to establish something for a, a young rookie quarterback uh, to get,
1: you know, his fielders off. Real, real and quick, and get, before get we just transition. We're, we're going to take a break. Soon, but yeah, one more the next. game leaders, real quick. Tom Brady, 34-42, 297 yards, two tutties, one interception. Yeah. Four 22 carries, 81 yards, two tutties. Antonio Brown, nine receptions, 93 yards, one tutty. On the Eagles side, 12 for 26 for Hertz, 115 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Miles Sanders, nine carries, 56 yards, and the top receiver for the Eagles, three receptions, 44. Yeah, they, yards. So they, you they, see the discrepancy. Yeah, it's, it, it was a really bad performance offensively. And the defense,
0: uh, they weren't perfect, but I think they did, you know, in the second half play pretty well. They did. So, yep. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here on the Connor and Mark's show. Uh, but on the other side, we're going to be going into our bet lines here uh, a little earlier. Uh, I got my picks for the week. I'm sure Mark does. Uh, and then later at, at 9.30, we have Mike Quinn on, like we said, a new show on WCHE on Mondays from 3 to 4, Pigeon Talk. Also, he covers the Flyers for Flyers Nation. So it's, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back here on 95.3 WCHE. Connor and Mark show. 914 here, Connor, Mark Show, ninety five three WCHE, Mark Rogers, Connor Gay, we're here with you guys told 10 in the morning, I had to switch up the time because we got a big Westchester Golden Rams football game at 12 and, you know, duty calls for the guys in the booth, so make sure you guys uh, tune in to WCHE around that time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah man, listen, it's, uh, we're breaking down the Eagles uh, football, we're about to get into these bet lines, what we like for the week, Mark, uh, later in the show, like we said, in about 15 minutes, we'll be talking to Mike Quinn, and then later, uh, Mark... I never got to to talk about that dreaded topic. Ben Simmons back with the Sixers organization. Who would have thunk? Um, And then, yeah, it's it's they they wrapped up their last preseason game, and um, and I believe they begin the season this week, right? I I I, I, I don't they begin on the road in New Orleans, right?
1: Wait, what's up? I think they begin on Wednesday against the Pelicans.
0: Begin on Wednesday on the Pelicans. Okay, I like it. At the Pelicans. At the Pelicans. I think that's a win. Even without Ben Simmons, I think that's a win. Yeah. I think like they can
1: take care of business.
0: All right, are you ready to get into this, Mark? Play that track. All right, baby, we got a little bet live for the week, Mark. And like I usually do, I do uh, two NFL and one college. So I'm going to start with college football, Mark, because like uh, it, it's it's not a huge week for college football. Like we said, Penn State has a bye week this week, but I'm going to get this SEC matchup. Kentucky, a basketball school, dominant this year in football, Mark. Going on uh, on the road, I believe, to face Georgia. The over-under right now is at 44.5 mark. I'm taking the over on that one. I think Georgia's going to be putting up points. Not only do they have a great defense, Mark, but they have a great offense, too. Uh, and I think Kentucky's respectable. I hope that they can at least put up 15. I think if, if Kentucky put up a 15 range, I definitely think this this bet hits. bad So I'm going to go over on the 44.5 for Kentucky-Georgia.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like that. Uh, Kentucky is one of the high-scoring teams in the SEC at the time. Yeah. Uh, defense is eh. Defense is alright, but they're 6-0. Number 11 versus number 1, and this is going to be one heck of a matchup against a powerhouse in Georgia. And can't believe Bama went down last week, but we'll dive into that a little oh, yeah, bit later. I'm... My college football pick of the week. This team surprised a lot of people this year, and I think they're going to continue to surprise a lot of people, make some noise in the Big Ten. That's going to be Michigan State, 6-0 right now, ranked number 10, going to Indiana today, 2-3 and Indiana. I'm gonna take Michigan State minus four. Um, and again, this Michigan State team went on the road last week against Rockers. One thirty-one thirteen, big win in uh Miami, uh thirty-eight seventeen back in September. So I think this team's for real. I think Indiana's banged up. Um, and I think Michigan State, like I said, is gonna to continue to make some noise, minus four. All
0: right, I'm taking it to the NFL mark. We got the Dallas Cowboys going on the road in Foxboro. Three and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, listen, I, I like this Cowboys team. I hate to say it, Mark. It, it hurts my soul, but this running game as Elliott Pollard, the Don't weapons they it. have on the outside, Cooper, uh, Lamb, they got those tight ends working, and Dak Prescott, man, he's just been fantastic this year. And this defense for the Cowboys has been a lot better led by Trayvon Diggs at that cornerback spot, who's a ball hawk. Three and a half, give me the points. Dallas Cowboys on the road in Foxborough over to Patriots. I, I
1: hate it, but I love it at the same <laughs> time. So I can't disagree with you. That team I have is to do great team. And uh, Trayvon Diggs, man, what what a cornerback. I know he struggled really hard last year, but that kid's a heck of an athlete. Again, hate to say it, but got to respect him. Moving on, I got the Lions at home this week. Two heartbreaking losses this year within yeah, the final seconds. The only team in NFL history to lose two games in the dying seconds with field goals over 50 yards. That's one heck of a stat, but I think that uh, zero turns to a one this week, and Forget the spread, Connor. I'm going Lions outright welcoming wow. the Cincinnati Bengals at home. I think this team just fights to the death. They do. They have a great head coach in Dan Campbell, and I think they're going to fight to their first win this week. So they, give me the Lions outright.
0: They lack in talent, but they respect their coaching, and I like their ability to keep fighting through uh, you know, through what they've done so far this year. All right, final game Sunday Night Football. The Russell wilson with Seattle Seahawks, led by Geno Smith, are going in the Pittsburgh Heinz field to take on the five-point favorites, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I I really liked how the Steelers offense finally got Najee Harris involved. He's a big-time player, a big-time running back. He should be the focal point of this offense, especially with Juju Smith-Schuster being done for the year. I expect him to go crazy against the Seahawks defense. I expect the Steelers to not only beat the Seahawks, Mark, but cover those five points and, and just absolutely dominate them. So... I'm taking a Steelers mark five points at home at Heinz Field against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, give me Big Ben and uh, give me Big Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, this is one team that the Eagles should kind of emulate. The the Steelers have been starting to run the ball a little more. Obviously, they have more of a power back in in Najee Harris, but I like what they're doing. They're taking a little pressure off that uh, old quarterback in the backfield, Big Ben. So uh, I love that pick. I think the Steelers are definitely going to start getting some steam and, and return to their old ways. So... Moving on to the final pick, Hunter. I'm kind of torn here. There's a lot of good games. I had one in my back pocket. Don't love it, but I'm going to go with it. Texans-Colts, it's not really going to be a, an eye-popper. Probably not a pe- lot of people are going to be watching. But if you like points, take the Texans and the Colts over 43.5. I think the Texans actually have a chance to upset the Colts here. Uh, but I'm not going to get that crazy. Give me the over 43.5 on the Colts and the Texans. And that is the bet lines.
0: Pretty kind of our show. I'm liking it. I don't know. I I really like. I think that Cowboys line.
1: It's just um, you know, it's they're good, man. Yeah, they're, they're definitely good. And and a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, has looked good. But I think he's going to struggle a little bit against that defense. Yeah, no, I agree. Secondary. Yeah. So
0: uh, and college football today, we can Penn State uh is, is entering his bye week after this pretty disappointing uh, loss last week in Iowa. Uh, Alabama goes down the A and M. Which was a shocker. Uh, no one really saw it coming. A and M's really had an up and down year. A lot of, you know, different quarterbacks and and the fact Jimbo, that, yeah, Jimbo Fisher, man, <laughs> the first ever Nick Saban assistant coach, yeah, to be
1: uh, to beat Nick Saban, that is uh, pretty remarkable. He's pretty old, man. He's probably like a few years younger than Saban. So
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Glen Kiff has never done it. No Scott disrespect, never done Fisher.
1: it. I don't know if he's listening to our show. But... No, no. No disrespect. Nah,
0: but it was a big win, and and uh, <laughs> right now Georgia's number one, and they they seem like the the odds on favorite to be the number one seed and be the favorite to win the national title. But I mean, uh, their defense is just
1: yeah. I mean, maybe but, one of the best defenses we've seen in a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's re- it's really good. They're fast, and they probably got a lot of uh, NFL talent on that. You know, on that defense. So. Eagles start watching. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get to the draft thing yet. But, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I know.
1: It's, <laughs> never it's too early.
0: Never too early. But uh, I mean, listen. Um, yeah, the Eagles are going on the road next week to play uh, to play Vegas. I don't want to get too far ahead. we still have uh, you know tomorrow's games to, to watch and um that's the only thing with football, Thursday night football, man. we'll like get such a long hangover long. Very you know, long.
1: From, from Thursday to the following Sunday. But I'm ready for some Eagles Sunday football. I mean
0: Oh yeah. I, I would take it. But, oh yeah. You know. I mean I mean that's the you know, the first time they ever play Vegas, right? So the first time they ever be out in Vegas. It's going okay. be in that new stadium is gonna be nice and uh I'm you know yeah, it's gonna have to be a big bounce back. And now Sirianni now has what from Friday to Sunday, which is eight with nine days. Nine days to figure this out and try and I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying giving up play calling. I'm not saying change your whole
1: philosophy, but you need to change your whole philosophy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Basically, you need. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say. I. I mean, you got to get Miles Sanders going. That is the absolute. Um, you know, obvious statement here. And really, with Miles Sanders getting going, you need to activate some of these other backs. And, you know, Kenneth Gainwell is, has shown in his limited touches, in my opinion, and again, it's very limited. But he can be a playmaker. He can, he can make some plays, obviously, touchdown against the Chiefs. And I know I was talking to you about this, Connor. I, I think, I personally think, I love Boston Scott, but you need to bring back Jordan Howard. You need to bring back some kind of threat, some kind of... Thick back, big back that can get you. There's one, two yards, and mix up the the psyche of these other defenses. I mean, they're coming in, so like they uh, know it's going to be a seventy. percent
0: so, so, so Boston Scott dresses
1: right. He does, yeah, but he never. But he plays
0: never right. plays. So, like, I don't understand. I would rather have Jordan Howard. This is not like Boston Scott's returning kicks, no. or returning punts. Like they're not. They're doing letting rager and Watkins do that. So why dress Scott when let's say we can, you know, dress Howard. And have him for certain situations. Exactly, certain
1: situations. If you're on the goal line, you're within two, three is, yards. But there. they don't run it. That's the problem. It's yeah, that, I mean, it's, I, not that, it's not that they can't run it; <laughs> it's just that they won't run it. I mean, they don't even run their their number one back. I'm getting crazy. And we're here. talking about can, we, can they run a third back? Can they run a guy off their practice squad? They don't I, even I try
0: know. and pass the ball to Kenny Gainwell, and when that's a strong suit of, yeah. you know, of getting out, you know, out of, out of the backfield and, and maybe even playing in the slot a little Sh- bit. Like, should we take over play calling? Let me uh, let me give someone a quick call Let's see if we can get in there. Should we pull up the the playbook? I played, man. I know playbook. how to do.
1: This. <laughs> I know how to do this. It's not that hard, okay? I know how. I know how to plays that work. Seventy-five thousand people screaming at me, trying to call plays. I can do that. I can do that now. It's just
0: like there's just no. It's just not that, Not just that. There's no flow to it. No, rhythm. It, no not, rhythm. I feel like there's no game plan. Like what? What are we trying to establish here? What are we trying to do? Because I know there's a lot of RPOs in this.
1: Um, I know there's a lot of wide receiver screens and, and maybe a lot of bootlegs. And, um, well, the, the wide receiver screens I actually really liked, and they've seemed to really fizzle out throughout the, the past three weeks. I mean, in the first yeah, game, I they like threw. They work. In the, <laughs> obviously. In the first three games, though, uh, or not in the first three games, the first three plays of the Falcons game, they were all wide receiver screens, all to Quez Watkins, and I think one to Jalen Reger, and they were moving the ball downfield. I yeah. mean, if that's what you have to do, And you saw Tom Brady do it, the best quarterback to ever play. He was just taking what the Eagles' defense was giving him. He was taking all those soft spots and just getting eight, nine yards at a time and just moving it downfield. I mean, I know you want to look pretty. I know you want to make the big play. I know Jalen Hurts wants to air it out to Quez Watkins down the sideline. But that's not this team. That's not where they're at right now. You have speedy guys in Quez Watkins. I mean, Jalen Rager... Three targets, no catches at all. That's just, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. But Rigor. get these guys some rhythm. Get these guys some confidence. Throw these little bubble screens out the back. Throw, I mean, we were even talking about it. Devontae Smith, the crossing routes, cutting right across the middle. The problem with Hurts is he holds onto the ball too long, so they're not going to work out. The ball needs to come out quicker. The running game needs to get going a little bit. And these screens have to come back. I mean, it's not the prettiest plays. It's not the, the 60-yard gashes, but again... There, there needs to be rhythm. There needs to be some continuity, and like you said, there needs to be an objective, a game plan when these guys are moving downfield. Because quite honestly, when it's third and five, third and seven, third and ten, whatever the case may be, third and three, I don't really feel confident about this team picking up the first down, and that's an issue. Yeah, listen, the two wide receivers that you know you we just talking about, Jalen Rager, Ques Watkins. I like Ques Watkins. I think he's a lot of talent.
0: I just don't think he right now he's a good. Route running wide receiver. He's a he's a deep threat kind of guy. You know, he has a couple of routes. But every time you see Quez Watkins, he tends to make plays, which, uh, which is what you want out of young players. But Jalen Rager, I mean, he can't make plays to save his life. And and this is a first round pick. Someone I don't that
1: understand
0: why we. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And 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 listen, he's just he drew two pass interference calls. That's the only thing he's done, he's done. You know, last night or not last night, uh, Thursday, Thursday. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's just I've never been a huge fan of him, and he just doesn't seem to get open. He doesn't seem to make plays. Uh, and Devontae Smith, listen, you he, he have to find a way to get him in the offense. He's too talented to only get, what, he, two targets? Two targets. Yeah.
1: yeah. Two targets, yeah. Yeah. It's Targets, it's, not even touches. Yeah, like, right. it's ridiculous that,
0: you know, you're not looking for him. And, and they probably paid a lot of attention to Devontae Smith uh, on defensively speaking, but... You have to find a way to give them the football, and, and this is someone Nick Sirianni who has had a lot of experience with wide receivers. So we were hoping this could be not a strong suit, but we could see these young guys taking steps forward throughout the year and improving as players. And we just have not seen that. So exactly, uh, that's a huge um, problem with the coaching, and, and and that comes back to Nick Sirianni and and the coaching staff. So I don't know how this fix how this gets fixes, and I, and I like the wide receiver screens at, at times. I think they're um, drawn up pretty well, and and you want to get those guys the ball early. Cause they're not great route runners. They have, you know, more natural speed like Watkins and Rager, and you just want to get in the ball and see what they can do with it. But uh, Rager does not look, even with the eye test, he doesn't pass. Mm. I mean, Quiz Watkins, with the eye test, you can see, and he made a big catch, you know, uh, on Thursday, the coming, one at the acrobatic coming one. Coming back. Yeah. To the ball, yeah. It, he made it, you know, he makes plays. And every time I, it, he'll make a play or two in a game, I'm like, that's a, that's a big play. He's taking a step forward. I don't see that with Rager. And, uh, you know, and and going into next year, if this, um, you know, if they don't make any changes to the wide receiver, situation, they're probably gonna have to go out and get a veteran, established wide receiver who can run routes, and uh you know make, maybe a big physical, you know type of wide receiver. And the odd yeah, man out of that three is gonna be Rager. I mean, yeah. Smith will be there, and Watkins
1: will be there, and, <laughs> and Rager will be the one out. I mean, honestly, I think you know, and, and I know we're gonna go to break here in a minute, but honestly, I think they need to to go into this off season and and they have areas other than the wide receiver position to focus on. Obviously, the defense. Uh, in some areas, lacks in in particular the linebacker position. But I think this this wide receiver core is just too speed heavy and and too um, finesse heavy. If that really makes sense, I, I would really like to see them go out and and get a veteran wide receiver that's a little bigger that you know can win those more jump balls. And then you have a guy like Quez, who's a deep route runner. Again, not the best, but can really get open downfield. You have Devonte, who you know is a smaller guy, thinner guy, obviously, but can run amazing routes and and get open for those short routes. And then, like I said, you have a veteran wide receiver that that is a little slower, not as finesse, but can go up, get those physical jump balls, those tough yardage uh, situations. And I think that would again give you know Hertz a, a better opportunity to be successful. So, a lot of things here. Um, I know there's a lot of wishful thinking. Probably is not all going to come true. Hopefully, a little bit does. But if I had to take away one thing moving forward, it's run the ball and get these guys involved. Take a little pressure off Jalen Hurts. Um, and and you know start to move forward now that you're through the meteor schedule and, and pursue uh you know a potential playoff spot.
0: Yeah, I know six one zero seven zero one nine two four three. The Connor and Mark Show. We're gonna take a quick break, but on the other side, Mike Quinn. He has a new show on WCHE, uh, writer for Flyers Nation, covers the Flyers. going to be talking about the 2021 season. It began last night with a shootout loss, but we're going to be breaking down last night and the rest of the season. So don't touch that dial. Mike Quinn on the other side, uh, WCHE, Connor and Mark Show. Breaking down football, Mark, and and, then a lot going on uh, with football today. But a lot going on on hockey as well. It got underway Tuesday, and the Flyers got underway last night. Unfortunately, they lost in a shootout to the Vancouver Canucks. But the Flyers are back. The Wells Fargo Center is packed. Now we're bringing on Mike Quinn, new to WCHE, as a show on Monday from three to four called Pigeon Talk. He also writes for Flyers Nation. Good morning, Mike. How you doing?
2: I'm good. Connor, Mark, how are you guys doing? (laughs)
1: <laughs> What's up, you pigeon? Welcome to the uh, radio <laughs> oh, show. Hey, yeah. everybody, buddy. I'm the pigeon. <laughs> just kidding, well, man. Well,
0: Mike, first off, congratulations on a new show. I had a chance to listen to it first time this past Monday, and I loved it. You had a great job breaking down uh, flyers, and, and one special thing about you, Mike, is you could talk for a full hour by yourself about a topic. I don't think I'm capable of doing that. I struggle uh, for five minutes when I start the show. Sometimes when Mark's <laughs> running in late, and, and you, for for you to go through a full hour of just breaking down the flyers is pretty uh, pretty incredible.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate the listen, and I appreciate the feedback. Like, if there is anything I can talk about for hours and hours and hours on end, it's the flyers. I know as much as as much as I can about them, and I just love to talk about them.
1: Yeah, Mike. I also just want to say congrats, brother. And uh, I did listen to the show while I was working uh, the other day. Got me through uh, that hour of work, so I do appreciate that. I'll definitely be tuning in. And uh, again, man, like Connor said, you know, talking for an hour by yourself is uh, pretty unique. So. Good work, and uh, welcome on to the show today, man. Happy to have you.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate you bringing me on. Love the Connor and Mark show.
1: Hey, Mike.
0: Uh, I'm, I want to say a statement. I want to see if you agree with me here. Um, all the moves the front office has made for the Philadelphia Flyers this year, bringing in, obviously, the defensemen like Rista Linen and Ellis and, and bringing in Kim Atkinson, all of it doesn't really matter if Carter Hart can't return back to his original form. Is that a true statement, or is that am my
2: opinion? Yeah, that's, that's 100% a fact. I mean, Liz Carter looked good last night. I mean, there's those two he'd want back, off one off the backboards and then the one um, off the Pedersen shot that gave me eerie, eerie reminders of Patrick Kane's goal in 2010. Uh, but there's those few who want back. Um, I mean, that Pod Colden shot was an, a missile just labeled for the top corner. And so, I mean, I feel like he has a chance to bounce back. He had a strong third period and a strong overtime. He really... There should have been two or three times they lost in that overtime, Um, but Carter stopped those great, great chances, so, but yeah, I agree, if he doesn't come back to form, and if he doesn't be that lights-out goalie that we saw in the uh, 2020 bubble, uh, I'm not really sure if those moves are
1: really going to matter, like you said. Yeah, Mike, and, and, you know, I'm I'm a huge Carter uh, Hart advocate, you know, and Based off his game yesterday, I thought he looked great in the first period. Uh, the only problem was the Flyers played so well in the first period. In my opinion, they didn't really give him, you know, too much opportunity to to see the puck that much in the first. And I think he just got, you know, absolutely onslaughted in the second period. But I really did like his recovery, like you said in the overtime. And I think it's so early. I, I'm still optimistic that he can recover and and get right. Um, but what was your biggest takeaway, you know, from the game yesterday? Whether it's positive, negative. Um, you know, a certain player making a play. Uh, what did you just think of this team overall? Um, obviously missing Rissa Linen, though.
2: Um, I really like how they started, man. They they started really coming out hard. They were aggressive on pucks. They were forechecking, like, relentlessly. They were winning all the puck battles in the corners along the sideboards. And they kept a lot of offensive zone pressure in the first period. If they can keep up that pace for three periods, they will be impossible to play against. Uh, their forecheck was relentless. They were ripping guys out of the corner. They were doing great cycling. That goal from Joel Farby was electric. I mean, that was incredible. Giroux's uh, goal was electric like that. You saw that pass behind the boards yeah. or behind the net off the boards it was incredible by him and Coots. Um, and then I, I like the, the pairing of Provi and Ellis. I mean, Provera paid, played like, I think, 29 minutes and Ellis played like 28. That's unbelievable uh, for their first time together to play that much and to play that steady and solid, I really liked that a lot. Um, a negative thing, I think, was with the penalties in the second period. The penalties really came back and, and bit us. Um, they ended up being on a five-on-three. So they, I, they, I think they got scored on in that five-on-three. Am I wrong?
1: Uh, no, I think they did. And, and before I do pass it to Connor, I mean, that, that power play, man, uh, that is just ridiculous. I mean, you have Hughes, Miller, Pedersen, uh, now they have Ekman Larson. I mean that that was a heck of a power play. As as you know, bad as as bad as that penalty kill was, I, I got to give it to that power play. It might be oh, one yeah. of the best in the NHL.
0: Yeah, and like another thing because I, I, I've never been a huge Drew Stan, but I'm not gonna knock him for what he is. He's one of the best Flyers of the, the organization has ever had, and and really the best flyer of our generation. Uh, and that play he made last night, like you said, uh, you know, to tie up the game. That's that's a smart play by a smart player. Um, but what concerns me about this offense right now is is just the look of how many centers they have. They really, after Sean Couturier, they got Broussard on the second line. I like Derek Broussard, but I think he's more of a bottom six guy than a second line center, and that's why it's important to get Kevin Hayes back as soon as you can. Because once uh, you know, it, once the middle depth is tested against teams who are stronger defensively, uh, I, I think that could really show to be detrimental to the Flyers moving forward.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, once Kevin Hayes is back, that's going to be a, a top six that you will have nightmares about. Uh, I mean, Derek Broussard a good placeholder for now, uh, but I don't see him really being that second line center for very long. I think he'll move down to that third line center, getting against lesser competition, getting those less ice time. Um, I, I think he's solid in that role, but I think he's... Doing okay in the role he's given. I just think it should be a short leash, and then uh, once Kevin Hayes comes back, it's no question that Hollywood's jumping right in on that second line.
1: Yeah, Mike, and and again, man, we really appreciate you hopping on here. Um, obviously, talking Flyers. I know uh, you could talk Flyers obviously all day, but what's uh, what's your biggest thing here moving forward? I know Flyers, you know, have a quick turnaround here, and, and uh, obviously came up just short again in their first win, but they do start out five first. Uh, five first games are at home. So what's your biggest key and, and takeaway from, you know, this game? And what do they have to do, you know, next game to be successful?
2: I think they have to feed off the energy of the crowd. I mean, Drew said it, uh, that when he scored that goal, it felt like one of the biggest he's ever scored. He said the, the crowd was buzzing, the guys were jacked up. So I think they have to feed off that energy. It's been almost a year and a half now since they've had a full-packed crowd and they have to come out and want to feed off that energy and play for the fans and really get the the building into it. Home ice advantage in hockey is such a huge thing. The crowd can get behind you, can swing the whole game. So they have to feed off of the, the Wells Fargo Center crowd. They have to work together in order to bring the crowd up. And honestly, they have to keep that pace that they had in the first period. If they can keep that relentless board check, those hard puck battles and those big battles in the corner, they'll be an unstoppable team.
0: All right, Mike, plug away your show. What to expect on Monday at 3 o'clock and uh, what can we expect from you on Flyers Nation as well?
2: All right, well, Monday on Pigeon Talk, definitely going to be recapping the Flyers, talking about sort of the same things that we've been talking about here. Thank you again, boys, for having me on. But, We'll be talking a recap of the Flyers Uh, the upcoming week. I think they play Seattle on Monday, and then they have a few more games. And uh, I'm actually going to be going to the game on November 2nd, so I'm going to be teasing that game, Uh, Shane Goss' Bears return to Philly, as well as the the staple statements that I'm going to be introducing, like fly replies where I read some of the craziest replies to Flyers' Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm sure there'll be some great ones after last night, Uh, as well as the Around the NHL segment where I can talk about some things that are happening with the league and with the players. And then finally, I'm going to be talking about fantasy hockey, how my team's doing, who you guys should pick up. And then that'll be it for the Pigeon Talk episode. Uh, Flyers Nation, I'm doing news articles. So anything that's big and happens or um, any sort of news that happens with the team, as well as some some previews and some recaps for certain games.
0: All right, you can follow Mike on Twitter at quinn 18 Mike, thanks for joining us this morning, and hopefully we get you back on uh, throughout the fire season, man.
2: Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate you, Connor. thank you, Mark, too, for having me.
0: Thank you, Mike. Yeah, that was Mike Quinn, good friend of ours. Good show on Mondays from 3 to 4. Pitch and talk, as like we said, talking about the Flyers here live on 95.3 WCHA. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the other side. We're going to dive in a little bit with some Ben Simmons, uh, Mark. Mm. Yeah, the dreaded topic. Of ben Simmons, he's back in Philadelphia. Uh, looks, like he, uh, looks like he wants some money, huh? It looks like he wants his contract, Mark. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking Ben Simmons when we come back in the sixers we're about to begin their 2021 campaign so don't touch that dial 953 WCHE. the connor and mark show will be right back 943 here connor and mark show 953 WCHE. mark rogers connor Gabe. we've been here with you guys till nine in the morning i appreciate everybody listening and uh adjusting with us with their new time usually we are on that we are on at 10 in the morning but we're going to be here from 9 to 10 with the football game being broadcasted live on WCHA at 12 o'clock. Westchester Golden Rams football. Mark, we're taking a little bit of a turn, though. The 76ers fast approaching to begin their season uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans on the road. Um, but through all that, the Ben Simmons drama has opened up a new chapter in the saga. And, uh, you know, it was surprising. I believe they had a preseason game at the Wells Fargo Center, and then uh, Ellen Brance is chilling, getting ready to Watch the game and he gets a little text saying, Hey, uh Ben Simmons, he's outside. He wants to come into the come into the facility. And uh next thing you know, he's he's there, he's taking his COVID test. Uh, he had a good throw the protocols and the NBA has, and uh he I believe he officially cleared he did not play in the final preseason game last night against I believe the Pistons, right? Uh um, Pistons, yep. Yeah, so due to reconditioning. Yeah, according to the ESPN and their sources. Um listen, this basically the the seventy six ers called Ben Simmons bluff about he was going to sit out and uh, and wait for a trade to happen, and then once that uh, paycheck didn't clear through the bank, he realized, oh, I have to get in there. I <laughs> might have to go to work. I uh, have to go to work. Yeah. So his eight million didn't clear, and, uh, and next thing you know, he's back in Philadelphia. Uh, I guess he's maybe reconsidering selling that that home in Jersey, but he's back, and um, yeah, man, it's it's pretty crazy that uh, this is all turned the way it has, and now Ben Simmons is back, and no one would have expected it, but. I still expect them to make a trade. I don't know when that's going to happen and and, and what the trades could be for, but I I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to be here for the long term, especially with everything that's transpired. But if he wants to be a sixer for for the time being and for the future, you have to imagine that he has to apologize for a a lot of things he's done. Uh, More, uh, you know, obviously for the people within the organization, but such as to the fans still,
1: I think he has to say sorry to uh yeah i I mean here's the thing here's the thing on the apology and and i might be a little blunt i might be a little um you know out there with this but i i don't really want an apology i don't really care either me neither but i I really want no no and i'm not saying that towards you at all or or anyone else i'm just saying the only excuse me the only thing that that i want to see is that would only speak to an apology is shoot the ball i mean and 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 we're not gonna see that so it's not gonna happen um you know, he's not going to be here for very long. And and now he's starting to realize after, like you said, that 8.25 million that didn't clear. Now he's starting to look ahead and, and he said, but I, uh, again, him returning shows that he's actually, you know, bluffing. He said he would forfeit his $33 million for the entire year. If he wasn't traded. Now he's starting to realize maybe not the best idea. And he's returning. Um, you know, Doc Rivers has had made multiple statements about not giving up on him, wanting to come back, uh, and and really, I don't think that's because he wants you know him to play. I think it's you know boost the trade value. Let's get him out of here as quick as possible. Let's take what we can get and, and move on here. So, I think that's going to be the scenario here. Uh, it, it may take a month, might take a month and a half, uh, but uh, again, I don't believe you know Ben Simmons will will suit up for the Sixers uh, ever again.
0: I don't know, man. I th- I really think he could. It's really, uh, I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I definitely think Ben is is back for financial reasons. He's not back to you know rekindle anything or no. or maybe you know trying. Just th- here to start figure... more fire.
1: That's really listen.
0: Cool. I well, it's definitely going to start more fire. I just think he's trying to get back here to collect a check. But uh, it, it's really just a weird situation. And and I know a lot of people have gone back to the TO thing because TO was. Uh, the last time, this is something really it's crazy happened and, and drama filled. But at least To was uh, a great player on the field, and 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 some people, uh, I I forgot to make this point. Um, but some at least some people supported To off the field, even though he may have been the wrong, may have been the right. But some of the Eagles fans did support him. It was just an inner battle between the, the fan base. But there's not a lot of people who support Ben Simmons.
1: No, at this point. and the reason is is because To actually had heart. He actually. You know, wanted to win. I mean, God, the dude played on a, a freaking broken leg in the in the Super Bowl to try to win yeah. the Super Bowl. I mean, Ben Simmons has a has a little cough, has a little tummy ache, and and he sits out a, a game three. So, uh, you know, a, again, it's the heart. It's what this guy's done in the city so far. Um, it's just the the real slap in the face to the fans. The the you know the the, you know, essentially the and I hate to say this, but you know the fu to the fans of. You know, I'm not going to improve my jump shot. I'm I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what's best for me. What's not best for the team. I'm going to sign the contract. What's best for me, not best for the team. Yada yada yada. The list just goes on and on. And, and again, we see it this season with the immaturity. Um, and as you can probably tell, I'm I'm on my last, uh, you know, little bit here. <laughs> You've been bubbling over Simmons. this for a very long time.
0: Uh, but the, the the Sixers do you start their season Wednesday. Yes. And it is against the New Orleans Pelicans. And I didn't even know this because I was looking at the game. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans will be without Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. their star player, their number one overall pick from Duke. So he's going to be out with a foot injury to start the season. So the Sixers are going to go down to New Orleans. Will it with be Will it with be Ben Simmons or Ben Simmons be on the sideline? That will be remain to be seen. But no, he'll probably play because as Orleans, it currently stands so. right now, the Sixers are, are 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 dogs on the road. I would take the Sixers money line. All the way, I, I think okay, I'm that they're right now. <laughs> I'm. I really. Th- they have a really big shot of. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I mean, listen, Pelicans are nothing, yeah. not special. I mean, they, they were a young game. team, and and then they didn't. You know, they're in a tough Western Conference, but, you know, they're they're not a, you know, a good team. Maybe they can be a playoff team this year, but they don't have Lonzo Ball anymore. So yeah, they don't have JJ Redick anymore. You know, it's world beaters over there. You know, I really think this is a good chance for the Sixers to get off, and running with this team, and and they brought back a lot of, a lot more people. Than I thought they would. Danny Green's back. Um, you know, they're probably in Andre Drummond. You know, they still have Seth Curry. Yeah. He's, say, Tyrese Maxey, I think, he's going to have a good year. Um, love Tyrese. What, yeah, whether if he starts or not, that will be, uh, remain to be seen. But I think he should, honestly. I mean, if I ben, he Ben's not shake. playing, then yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah. I we
0: still have him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I know they're switching off between him and Shake, but I wouldn't start Shake Milton. No, nah, I don't love Shake. No, mean, I think, I think he have to a let the kid player, go play. But, I mean, he's more talented. He can score, get to the basket easier, than uh, he's not a dish Disha kind of point guard like Ben Simmons, but, he's, but Tyrese. He's, he's, a, he's a playmaker. He'll shoot, one. though. He'll shoot. Uh, his shot's gotten a lot better, and yeah. that's something that's huge, I think, for his development. That, that's something Ben Simmons doesn't do too much. Man. No. I mean, listen, Tyree Fax, he could shoot a little... I mean, he shot it in, in Kentucky. He just didn't hit a lot of them. I think he shot, like, 28% or something. Yeah. Something really low. I was just saying
1: the 30s. Yeah, he but... like, was
0: pretty well 3-point percentage. But he's gotten better, man. He's looking good, and he's still, it's not, still not a strong suit. His it, strong suits get to the basket and using his quickness, but... I like him, man. I think that if Ben's not playing, that Tyrese Maxis should definitely start. But if he if Ben is playing, he's starting. Maxi's the first guy out the bench for me, man. He yeah. really is, and and you got Drummond now too. Who listen? He, he's not gonna play a whole lot of minutes with Embiid. Uh, I think I think he's a better
1: backup than Howard, though, for
0: sure. Yeah, he's better offensively. He can get to the basket. He can score more than Dwight. I think Dwight was just a a, a pick and roll kind of guy. He could get rebounds for you, but now uh, Drummond is he's definitely a probably not as good defensively as Howard, but he's definitely a, a better offensive center. So, I mean, he's not going to play a whole lot of minutes, like I said, with MP You know, he's a star player, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty easy one. And then they come back Friday night, because we'll be reacting to this one next week. Friday night, they play the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant, James Harden, the Brooklyn Nets. Looks no like, Kyrie. No Kyrie still, and now he's not allowed to play. So, uh, it that's going to be an interesting situation to see where the, the Nets go, because it's just... Um, they're not well, they're not big favorites with without Kyrie. I mean, they're slight favorites, probably, I'd imagine, but two guys is not going to do it for you. Uh especially we have with the depth they have behind. I'm, I don't know. Cuz they's player and they got James Harden, but it's a matter if they can stay healthy, but
1: you know, that, you got you
0: got LeBron and AD in LA, you got you know, the Sixers, it, depending on what happens with Ben Simmons, you got
1: uh obviously the Bucks come back. Dude, have you did you see the video of Giannis shooting the other night? I mean, again, I know it's preseason, but he looks he yeah. looks pretty lethal shooting.
0: I, I can't believe they won that. I mean, you got Phoenix too who who made the run and, and I'm sure they're they're uh, looking to bounce back this year, so they got a lot of teams that I think it's still it's the NBA is a lot more balanced than it was a couple of years ago. It was a really top heavy for a couple of seasons with the Warriors and the Cavaliers, but right now, man, it's 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 balanced and and I don't know what happens with Ben Simmons, man. I I want to support the guy, I want him to be a great player. It's just right now I don't believe in him, and nor do any of the Sixer fans in the fan base believe I it don't. either. No, I, don't. I it, nothing's gonna change with him. He is what he is, and listen, he's he's a really good regular season player. And if he's on that roster and he's playing to his ability, I still think this team is a top three seed in the East. Problem is when they get to the playoffs,
1: um, he's just not good enough. So he'd be great on the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they never make the playoffs. Yeah, so I know. he'd be a pretty good He'd be putting up his numbers player. and he'd make all-star
0: teams. Yeah. So he'll be living life in LA. And he doesn't and... have to
1: play in uh, doesn't have to play in the playoffs. So no. I think that's a perfect recipe. No pressure, no one telling you what to do. I know listen, I know there's five thousand fans at the game. I mean it sounds perfect. And I'm doing you, they're they're all passive aggressive, they don't care. So
0: uh listen, I don't know what's gonna happen with this, man, but it is fascinating to see where this could possibly go. Yeah, definitely. And And if he plays, man, that's remarkable. Like I'm I'm my eyes are glued to that T V to see what, what the what the team looks like, what the vibe looks like, how how he's reacting
1: with his teammates. It's just so disruptive and it, it is it's just so immature. We were kinda of so hoping this wouldn't happen. For, um and it's really all his fault. I mean, it's really <laughs> It's really just all his fault. It's really it? nobody else's fault. I mean, they they've and I guess we're just going to have to rehash this cuz we have about 5 5 or so minutes left and and then we'll be done, but I mean, they I will make the strong argument that this is 100% his fault. He yeah. doesn't take accountability for anything he's done. They've restructured this team to fit his needs. They've got rid of maybe the most Philly Basketball players since Allen Iverson, um, and and Jimmy Butler for him. I mean, Jimmy Butler. You can say what you want about him, but yeah, about his attitude, but I've never seen a guy that that wants to win more and and you know improve his teammates around him. Well, listen, um, he, Jimmy Butler made the
0: point, and uh, back in was it twenty nineteen when they made that run to semifinal against the Raptors. Listen, yeah. uh, he he said on the JJ Redick podcast, like. Ben wasn't happy the ball was taken out of his hands when in the playoff series. And he said, listen, I I don't blame him. If I was in his situation, I'd be upset. That was where they were doing, but uh, they're running a completely different offense and completely changed it because they knew. They knew that he was that's not ready and and he, and he was not prepared to be in that situation. Exactly. And the problem is and he has not improved since then. It's the same thing. Not even not improved. He's probably regressed. When Thank we look you look at the numbers, he's finally, gotten worse.
1: Finally, you're getting fired up. I was waiting for this. I was trying to ignite that fire. I, I really that's only get thing. fired up in the moment
0: because I got fired up in the moment when they lost. Yeah. I think once I sleep on it, and then I start to cool down a little
1: bit. But like I think now with the season fast approach, I'm like, oh my god, what's that? But that's the problem, <laughs> and that's the exact point that I'm trying to make here. I mean. He has regressed. He hasn't he hasn't even stayed stagnant. Stagnant would be His rookie upsetting. year is he's, was, he's statistically speaking a lot better than he did last year. Yeah. I mean, I get he's a great defensive player. Yeah, I get the, he's the one of the most skilled one of the most skilled passers, but when you get into a situation where you can't shoot and the other team knows that, you're it, it's basically 4 on 5 at that point. I mean, all they have to do is put two guys under the basket and, and Ben Simmons is completely eliminated from the game. And then that forces everyone else to be in, in dysfunction. I mean, you have Embiid walking around the perimeter. You got, you know, guys all set up on the wing looking for three-point shots because Ben's clocking up the middle. I mean, it, it just causes dysfunction to the entire team. It's one-dimensional. The other team knows what you're going to do. And then, hey, if, if you know, you run into any issues, you just hack a Ben and, and you put him on the free-throw line and he doesn't make free throws. So it's just, it's just, the problem is, this one issue of shooting outside of all the capabilities this guy has causes so much issues, so many issues for the entire Sixers team as a whole, and not in the regular season, because as we know in the NBA the regular season means basically nothing. But when they get into the playoffs, it's the easiest thing to game plan for. Um and, and it really just sets up, you know, failure for the entire team. So all in all, no accountability, no improvement. If anything, regression, um, and now just a, a huge distraction, really, in the locker room uh, for a team that really should be eyeing up uh, an Eastern Conference Final potential uh, final run. And looks like you know it, it's going to be going to be distracted. A it little was
0: bit, a but. it was a really upsetting end of the season, and it, was. and it wasn't just for Sixer standards, but just the Philadelphia sports standards, it, it was bad. It was. Uh, not how they envisioned it happening, and going to a Game 7 at home because the Atlanta Hawks. You would have thought that was a lock for this team to win, and, and the fact that they lost it, and the fact that they lost it the way they did, standing around Ben Simmons' poor play, the fact that he's walking back into this building and it looks like he could possibly play a game Wednesday night for the 76ers once again is pretty insane. Uh, but for us, Mark, it's good TV,
1: and it's good to talk about. So Yeah, I mean, it it is good to talk about, but, you know, in all seriousness, I mean, You want geez, what's best man. for the it's, team, you know, and it's just not... Philly, man. It, it's just I love the city, man. I I love being from here. I love saying I'm from Philly and cheering for all these teams, but I mean, can we just catch a break for one time? I mean, last year it's Carson Wentz, our franchise quarterback. This year it's our franchise point guard and Ben Simmons. Last year it was Carter Hart who who couldn't make a save and our defense looks like they were playing might beat hockey. I mean And the Phillies yeah, and the Phillies, Phillies I really I doing. I mean, you know, I have to talk about the <laughs> Phillies. I mean they speak for themselves not making the playoffs in ten years. So all that I'm asking man it's just just a little function just a, a little success would be beautiful uh i know that the eagles run in the super bowl was almost enough to never ask for anything again but i'm selfish i'll admit it uh, and when it comes to philly sports and and i'm hungry for you know a little more playoff success so all to say i hope ben simmons gets traded i hope they can move away from this Honestly, I would take Malcolm Brogdon and, and Karis Levert in a I, second. I would, I would too if yeah. that was on the table. If get him the out of here. You're good to go. Exactly. Move on and, and let Tyrese Maxey you know, handle that ball, get MB down low and, and let's get back um you know, to some playoff success. So that's that's my ranting, uh, for the end of the show and uh Sixers like you said, in action on uh on Wednesday. Wednesday. All
0: right, uh I want to appreciate everybody from listening today. Uh the Connor and Mark show on 95.3 three W C H E. It's always fun doing it, Mark. And we'll be back next week as well, but make sure you follow us on social media at Connor Mark show on the YouTube page as well. I want to thank everybody for listening to the pre post game and halftime show for the Philadelphia Eagles that we did Thursday night. We'll make sure to keep on doing that. And make sure to subscribe to keep up with not only that, but the rest of our videos on YouTube as well. So uh, all live on WCHE at 12 o'clock, it's going to be East Stroudsburg university taking on the golden Rams, uh, Mike Samson on the call. So From Mark Rogers, Connor Gabe here at 95.3 WCHG, thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys next week.